morning. Good morning. Welcome to Northern Kentucky Baptist. Good morning. I'm glad you're all here with us. We're going to get started this morning, and uh, we're going to do a few things to let you know what we did this week for VBS. So as we get started, we're going to start out with some songs, then we'll show you a video of what we did, and then we're going to have some baptisms to celebrate the salvations that we had as well, and we'll talk about that more later. But we're going to start out with some songs. So we're going to stand up this morning. Everybody can stand up with us. If you know the song, you can sing along with us. We're going to start, start out with, I'm in the Lord's Army, if we could do that one first. I'm in the Lord's Army. But I had somebody help me out this week because I went on vacation at the wrong time. I apologize. But Miss Teresa, who is in, the, in charge of our junior church, took over the music for me while I was gone, and she did a fantastic job. And I'm not going to do this without her this week. So we're going to have her come, up, uh, come on up and help with the motions and as we do the song. So I'm in the Lord's Army. If you know the motions, make sure you do those along with us, all right? I'm in the Lord's Army. Ready? I may never march in the infantry, ride in the cavalry, shoot the artillery. I may never fly o'er the enemy, but I'm in the Lord's Army. Yes, sir! I'm in the Lord's army. Yes, sir. Louder. I'm in the Lord's army. Yes, sir. I may never march in the infantry, ride in the cavalry, shoot the artillery. I may never fly o'er the enemy, but I'm in the Lord's army. Yes, sir. Good job. Our next song is in right, outright. What is it? Upright? Downright? Wow, I'm a little rusty on these motions. I might be slow. Miss Teresa's going to have to help me out. I don't know if I can do this. Adults don't want to stand with us? Adults, you please sit down. You'll, you can watch this one. This will be fun. All right. I'm in right, outright, upright, downright, back right, side right, cross right, all right, happy all the time. So we got to do this with a smile. We got a bit of big, big smile. You guys can give us a smile, right? We're gonna start with a smile. Ready? Here we go. I'm in right, out right, up right, down right, back right, side right, cross right, all right, happy all the time. I'm in right, out right, up right, down right, back right, side right, cross right, all right, happy all the time. Since Jesus Christ came in and cleansed my heart from sin. I'm in right, out right, up right, down right, back right, side right, cross right, all right, happy all the time. That was a great speed. I, you did a great job. We can go on to the next song, right? What? No. No? Was that too slow? All right, we're going to go as fast as we can. Let's see if we can go faster than Miss Teresa. Do you think you can do that? Here we go. Ready? Follow me. Here we go. I'm in right, out, right, up, right, down, right, back, right, side, right, cross, right, all right, happy all the time. I'm in right, out, right, up, right, down, right, back, right, side, right, cross, right, all right, happy all the time. Since Jesus Christ came in and cleansed my heart from sin, I'm in right, out, right, up, right, down, right, back, right, side, right, cross, right, all right, happy all the time. Yes, good job, good job. Thank you, Miss Teresa. Let's give her a round of applause. All right, the other songs that we've sang this week that have helped us out, if you'll stay standing, is Obedience is our next song. That has been our theme this week. Obedience is the very best way. Let's sing that together. Ready? 
Obedience is the very best way to show that you believe. Doing exactly what the Lord commands. Doing it happily. Action is the key. Do it immediately. Joy you will receive. Obedience is the very best way to show that you believe. Ready? O-B-E-D-I-E-N-C-E. -E. Obedience is the very best way to show that you believe. See, we did spelling this week too. All right, our last song that we're going to do is I Have Decided to Follow Jesus, and we've made that our theme as well for this week because we want our children to decide for themselves that they need to follow Jesus. So we're going to sing this song. Ready? I Have Decided to Follow Jesus. I have decided, sing it along with me, to follow Jesus. I have decided to follow Jesus. I have decided to follow Jesus. No turning back, no turning back. I love cutting out myself at the end and listening to them sing. Children sing so well. Thank you very much. You may be seated. We have had a good time throughout this week in Vacation Bible School, and we appreciate you entrusting your kids to us during this time. And each night we have had our penny war, and I think they ran out of pennies today. So before we receive the offering, young people, everybody's going to put their hands up in the air like this, down in your lap, bow your heads and close your eyes, and we're going to pray, all right? Dear Lord, we thank you for this day. We thank you for the opportunity we have to be here on Vacation Bible School Sunday. We pray that you'll bless our time together, bless the young people and their various activities this morning, and we pray that you will be with those that are going to follow you in baptism and uh, just keep each one safe in our afternoon activities as well. Thank you for the dads and moms and parents and adults that have come today. May our hearts be blessed and encouraged through this time together. Lord, we thank you for the children. We know that you have entrusted us with them, and uh, you've entrusted their parents to rear them in such a way as to know God and to live for, for you, Lord, and I pray that you'll help them as they strive to do that. Bless the offering, and we thank you for the opportunity that we have to give. We have a lot of fun with it, but it's a great privilege to give to you, and so we pray you'll bless this offering this morning. In Jesus' name we pray, amen. All right, we have been having a competition between the guys and the girls. So guys, let's pull this uh, over this way. And we are going to figure things out a little bit differently because we're in a different setting than we were during the week. The kids were over there. So if we can bring them, we'll just take them row by row, come out this row and go around and back in that side over there. And that'll be the best way, all right? Who's going to win today? All right, right now it is the girls have won three and the guys two. So the guys have a chance to tie it up today. 
And so we are going to start out with the front row and let them come around. The boys are going to put their offering in this side, and the girls, they're going to, girls, you can put your offering over here too if you want to and help the boys. No? All right. Girls, put theirs over on this side over here. All right? Okay. All right. Just drop them in. There you go. Don't throw them in. Just drop them in, okay? All right. Next row, John. We'll bring them in this way. All right, girls. All right. Good. These pennies are getting too heavy. I think we're going to have to go to quarter war next year or something like that. <laughs> All right. Anybody else in that second row? Quickly, hurry, hurry, guys. Girls, come on. Keep coming. Keep coming. All right. All right. Good job. Good job. Anybody else in that row? All right. Everybody get theirs from that row? Okay. All right. Good job, girls. Good job. Okay. All right. Okay, good job. Next row coming. Go ahead, John, send that next row up. Next row, come right ahead. They ran out of pennies, so some of them have paper money. So we'll see what the weight is, and then we'll have to see what the count is to see who wins today. All right. Everybody out of that row? Go this way. All right, good job. Okay, next row, all right, next row, let's have the next row, send them on, send the next row on, good job, all right, all right, okay, next row, all right, this one goes over on that side. It has blue on there, doesn't it? No? No? All right, it's a good thing we got new buckets this year. All right. All right. Last row, is this the last row? Anybody else? Okay. All right, last row. and drop them down the aisle. Okay. All right. Anybody else over here? All right. All right. Now, we got a couple of things to do yet before we finish. We're going to see 
who wins the weight up here, but then the ladies will count that for us and let us know the total number, and then we'll know who's the actual winner, okay? So we're not sure just by the weight who's going to win. So here's what we're going to do. First of all, we're going to find out who won up here. So let's have a drum roll. All right, give us our drum roll. Is it going to be the boys or is it going to be the girls? Who's going to win today? All right, let's see who's going to win. We ready? Give us a drum roll. Here we go. All right, go. Okay, now, now hold on just a minute, guys. Hold on just a minute. Hold on just a minute. Hold on just a minute. Listen carefully. I'm going to give you some instructions, all right? We're going to count, and we'll know who actually won. Looks like the girls by weight, but the boys still have a chance. Now, here's your chance, okay? We don't have any more pennies. Usually, we have the adults help us, and you go back and get pennies. But if any of the adults want to give you a donation to help your side, you can go get it from them now, all right? Any of you adults who want to help the kids, you can hold up your money and you can give it to them. They'll come get it, all right? Look out over, just hold it up. Go get it, go get it. Oh, all right. Go get it. All right. All right. <laughs> okay. All right, put it in your put it in the bucket. Put it in the bucket. Put it in the bucket. All right. We take gold, silver, earrings, wedding rings. Oh, no, I'm just kidding. I'm just kidding. Just kidding. All right. Boys. <laughs> All right. Okay. Hey, we still got some more back here, guys. Anybody else? All right. Here we go. Uh-oh. All right, got it? All right, looks like we're about finished. Okay. All right, we are going to let them roll that out. You going to put them on the cart or roll them out, Craig? They're going to put them on the cart, they'll roll them out. And we will find out. Now, here's what will happen is after we see the video... Young people, are you listening? Are you listening? Everybody listen up. Listen, 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 listen. Look up this way. All right. After they take that out and count it, we're going to see a video in just a moment, okay, of what we did this week in Vacation Bible School. While that video is going on, there are some folks that are going to get baptized, not while the video, but after the video, they're going to get baptized. How many of you brought your permission slips and you're planning on getting baptized today, okay? Now, listen to me carefully. Are you looking? The boys, in just a minute, the boys will go through this door right over here, and you'll get ready. The girls will go through the door over there by the tent, behind the tent. You'll go that way, okay? Only if you brought your permission slip. You're going to get to stay here and watch a video, okay? 
You, are you a boy? Yes. All right. I'm glad you know that. Some people have trouble figuring that out. Are you a boy? Yeah. All right. Amen. Are you a girl? Yes. All right. Very good. Okay. We're glad you know that. We want you to know you're a boy or a girl. Whichever one God made you, that's what you are, right? Exactly. Okay. So, those who are going to get baptized, the adults and the children, you may go ahead and slip out right now, the boys on this side, if you have your permission slip. And the girls this side. Now, if you're adults, you don't have to have a permission slip. Or if your parents are with you or grandparents and you have their permission, you can do that. So go ahead and go right now. Take your things with you if you're going to get baptized and go through that side over there. And while they are doing that, as I said, we're going to see a video of what took place during Vacation Bible School. And I think everybody can see. Can you guys over there see the screen all right? There's a 10 in your way. You can see okay? Okay. After we see the video, we'll baptize. After we baptize, the young people will go downstairs. They're going to have a program downstairs, and they will be doing some things down there. Okay. They'll be doing some things down there. We'll continue our, our program up here. But I say that just to say, once the young people are gone, some of you, if you're packed into a row and you're too crowded, these rows will open up. You're welcome to spread out and move over that way if you want to once the young people are, uh, have slipped out and gone downstairs. So, guys, are we ready for the video? All right, let's roll.
choices? Yes. He's made the right choices. The brothers, are they making the right choice? No, they are hating Joseph. Joseph couldn't help it that his father loved him the most. He didn't go begging to be the favorite. That just happened to him. Boys and girls, sometimes you're not, it's not your fault when things happen in your family. It's not your fault that things happen with your friends. Sometimes it might be your fault. But especially in a family, it's not your fault things that happen between the grown-ups. But if you choose to follow God, God has a bigger plan. And now he's down there in that pit. Do you think God's forgotten about him now that he was thrown in that pit? No. God says the Lord was with Joseph. The God's not going to forget you just because you have a problem that comes up in your life if you've decided to follow Jesus. You don't turn your back on God just because life gets tough. We see that he's in prison, but God had a plan. He looked at him, and finally the Bible says he couldn't stand it any longer. And he broke down, and he said, It's me. It's me, Joseph, your brother, the one you sold into Egypt. Eyes got big and they looked at that ruler. Could it be? Yes, it's Joseph. No, just the first person. Just the first person. Oh my goodness. Ethan, come here. Go around here. Green light. Yeah. 
He said, I'm looking for my brothers. Have you seen the ten sons of Jacob? And the man said, yes, I have seen them. He said, they went to the land called Dothan. Do you guys say that? That's a hard word, too. Dothan. Very good. So Joseph said, thank you, and he went on his way to go find his ten older brothers. Oh, I love how well you voice it. done. Say cheese. You actually you have to say cheese balls. Yeah. Cheese balls. Don't be cheese. Don't be cheese ball thieves, please. <laughs> All right, kids. We thank you so much for coming to Vacation Bible School this year, and we hope to see you again maybe next year. But this is the main thing. Remember, the Lord was with Joseph and. You win or lose by the way you choose. God bless. What do you lose by the way you choose? All right, how many of you enjoyed the video? Good job. I think my microphone's not on, guys, if you'll turn it on for me. Okay. All right. Now I, you can hear me instead of just me hearing all of you. Good. We want to say thank you again for allowing your children to come to Vacation Bible School. And we thank you for giving us the opportunity to teach them and train them this week. We had a lot of fun doing that, and I know they had a lot of fun as well. There are some that have trusted the Lord as their Savior, some this week and some prior to this week. After they trust the Lord as their Savior, they come to follow the Lord in believer's baptism. The next step after salvation, the first step of obedience, is to obey the command. The Lord said, Go ye therefore and teach all nations baptizing them in the name of the Father and of the Son and the Holy Ghost. So they are following the command of the Lord. We always like to remind you that the water does not take away your sin. What takes away our sin, young people? The blood of Jesus Christ, right. So these who have come to be baptized today have already trusted the Lord as their Savior and been saved and now, this is their public testimony, their public confession to you. When we take them under the water, it's a picture of the death and burial of Jesus Christ. When we bring them out of the water, it's a picture of the resurrection of Jesus Christ. 
And so what they are saying is, I believe that Jesus died on the cross for me, that He was buried, that He rose again for me. And so this is their public confession of their faith in the Lord Jesus Christ. Again, baptism does not save them. It is the first step of obedience after we're saved to make a public confession of the Lord Jesus Christ. Lily Dietrich, what is your confession? Jesus Christ is Lord. Amen. Lily, in obedience to the divine command of Christ Jesus my Lord, and upon your profession of faith in Him, I now baptize you, my sister, in the name of the Father, and of the Son, and of the Holy Ghost. Buried in the likeness of His death, and raised in the likeness of His resurrection. God bless you. Courtney Krantz, what is your confession? All right. Courtney Krantz, in obedience to the divine command of Christ Jesus my Lord, and upon your profession of faith in Him, I now baptize you, my sister, in the name of the Father, and of the Son, and of the Holy Ghost. Buried in the likeness of His death, and raised in the likeness of His resurrection. God bless you. Megan Penix, what is your confession? Jesus Christ is Lord. Megan Penix, in obedience to the divine command of Christ Jesus my Lord, and upon your profession of faith in Him, I now baptize you, my sister, in the name of the Father, and of the Son, and of the Holy Ghost. Buried in the likeness of His death, and raised in the likeness of His resurrection. Sophia Penix, what is your confession? Sophia Penix, in obedience to the divine command of Christ Jesus my Lord, and upon your profession of faith in Him, I now baptize you, my sister, in the name of the Father, and of the Son, and of the Holy Ghost. Buried in the likeness of His death, and raised in the likeness of His resurrection. Amen. Sierra Thomas, what is your confession? Jesus Christ is my Lord. Sierra Thomas, in obedience to the divine command of Christ Jesus our Lord, and upon your profession of faith in Him, I now baptize you in the name of the Father, and of the Son, and of the Holy Ghost. Buried in the likeness of His death, and raised in the likeness of His resurrection.
Oliver, what is your confession? Jesus Christ is Lord. All right. Oliver Benoit Laney, in obedience to the divine command of Christ Jesus my Lord, and upon your profession of faith in him, I now baptize you, my brother, in the name of the Father, and of the Son, and of the Holy Ghost. Buried in the likeness of his death, raised in the likeness of his resurrection. Charlie, what is your confession? Charlie Swartz, in obedience to the divine command of Christ Jesus my Lord, and upon your profession of faith in Him, I now baptize you, my brother, in the name of the Father, and of the Son, and of the Holy Ghost, buried in the likeness of His death, and raised in the likeness of His resurrection. Amen. This is Kenneth Henry. Kenneth, what is your profession? Jesus Christ is my Lord. Amen. Kenneth is going to get baptized, and then just a moment, Michelle. And uh, they're also going to get married at the end of the service today. And so, they, uh, when we have a couple, I like to baptize the man first. He's the, the leader of the home. Right, Kenny? And uh, as long as Michelle says you can be, right? Okay. All right. Yes. All right. Kenneth, in obedience to the divine command of Christ Jesus, my Lord, and upon your profession of faith in him, I now baptize you, my brother, in the name of the Father, and of the Son, and of the Holy Ghost, buried in the likeness of his death, and raised in the likeness of his resurrection. Michelle, what is your confession? Jesus Christ is all that. Michelle Thomas, in obedience to the divine command of Christ Jesus my Lord, and upon your profession of faith in him, I now baptize you, my sister, in the name of the Father, and of the Son, and of the Holy Ghost, buried in the likeness of his death, and raised in the likeness of his resurrection. Again, these who have been baptized today have already trusted the Lord as their Savior. That's why I asked them, what is your confession? And it is, Jesus Christ is Lord. The Bible says that if thou shalt confess with thy mouth the Lord Jesus, and believe in thine heart that God hath raised him from the dead, thou shalt be saved. And so their confession is, Jesus Christ is their Lord. I want you to pray for them, that they'll grow in the Lord, and live for the Lord, and serve the Lord. And we're thankful for their decision to trust the Lord and now their decision to obey Him in believer's baptism, making a public confession of their faith and trust in Jesus Christ. Brother Mike?
turn it over to you for the next few moments. Okay, we're going to have a little bit of a transition period. We're going to have the children head on downstairs. Children, if you'll please stand. Miss Teresa is in the back. You're going to go back to the back row and work your way out the middle doors. We'll do that. As they're doing that, we're going to have two other things happen. We're going to ask you all to stand, and we're going to have the choir and the orchestra go ahead and come on up and take your places. We're going to stand and sing a song at the cross when they get started, but we'll have everybody stand with us together. Children are going to head downstairs. As they're getting ready, we'll go ahead and start and sing a song at the cross. The words are going to be on our screen. Ready? Alas, and did my Savior bleed, and did my sovereign die? Would he behold that sacred head for such a worm as I? At the cross, at the cross, where I first saw the light. space for seating. We do have this section that just got emptied out, so you're welcome to slide over as we sing this last verse. Ready? But drops of grief can never repay the debt of love I owe. Lord, I give myself away. Tis all that I can do. At the cross, at the cross, where I first saw very much. You may be seated.
stand together as a congregation and sing one more song real quick. So we'll stand together and we're going to sing the song, Jesus Saves. We're going to sing the first and the last. Jesus Saves. Welcome you to Northern Kentucky Baptist Church. This is a little different Sunday with our Vacation Bible School Sunday, but thank you for being here today. Let's bow our heads together for a word of prayer. Our Father in heaven, we thank you for the opportunity we have to be here this morning. We thank you for the young people and for what we've already experienced in seeing some of them follow you in baptism. And thank you for the ones this week that trusted you as their Lord and Savior. We pray that you'll help them to love you and live for you and serve you all the days of their life. Would you bless our service today and just help us in this time uh, as they finish up their program downstairs, help us here to, to just sense your presence and hear from you, and we pray that you'll work in our lives in a mighty way. 
We pray for a number of our family that have special needs today. We pray that you'll touch them and give strength and healing and meet their needs in, in a mighty way. And again, bless this service, we ask in Jesus' name. Amen. Thank you. And you may be seated. If you are visiting with us today, let me ask this. First of all, any, how many of you did not get a bulletin when you came in? Guys, if you'll hang on, get a bunch of those. Anybody not get a bulletin when you came in? Or if you'll hold your hand up for a minute, the ushers will bring that to you. We need a number over here. Somebody help Brother Gary there if you would. And we'll get some on this side and that side. We'll get that for you in just a moment. All right. Brother Skip, you got some bulletins there, please, sir? Brother Skip, you got some bulletins. Would you get this side? If you need a bulletin, raise your hand. They'll get that to you and make sure that everybody has one. Did you run out, Gary? All right, we'll find some more of them. There may be some over here. Skip's got some more. While they're doing that, inside of your bulletin, there's a white communication card. That's why I wanted to make sure everybody had one of these. If you're visiting with us today, if you'd be so kind to fill that out, you can uh, later drop it in the offering plate or you can leave it on the seat where you are. If you're a first-time adult visitor, if you'll take that card with you through the double doors and to the right, there's a welcome center there. We have a new Bible we'd like to give to you as a gift from us to you, and you can pick that up after the service this morning and have that for your own uh, benefit. Take that along with you, and we want to make that a gift from us to you this morning. Again, thank you so much for being here and being a part of this service. The choir is going to sing for you another song, Now I Can See. I 
Thank you, choir. With this month being July, we're celebrating the nation's birth. We've also just thanking God for the fact that he gave us our nation. We're singing our welcome song this month, God Bless America. We're going to stand as we sing this chorus, and then we'll let the choir come on down as we sing. God Bless America. God bless America. Thank you. Please be seated. We're glad to have the Corey Nelson family with us today, and they're going to come and sing for us at this time. Their trust in the wisdom of another. Some search for light in the dark. But like a child, I have come by simple faith to the only one who can change my heart. I believe God, I believe His word is true. I've seen what he can do when I call upon his name. I believe God, so let the world say what they will. I will choose to serve him still, knowing he will never change. I believe God. Some say this life is the only thing that matters some say we live then we die but i'm convinced that eternity awaits so with every breath i will testify i believe god i believe his word is true for i've seen what he can do when I call upon his name, I believe God, so let the world say what they will. I will choose to serve him still, knowing he will never change. I believe God, I believe his word is true, for I've seen what he can do when I call upon his name. I believe God, so let the world say what they will. I will choose to serve Him still, knowing He will never change. I believe God. 
the privilege during a vacation Bible school week to see many get to come to know Jesus Christ as their Lord and Savior. And that doesn't happen without his grace. Well, we're going to sing a little bit about that this morning. We're going to sing Amazing Grace. If you'll please stand with me together. Amazing Grace. Scripture reading this morning, we're reading from 2 Chronicles chapter 34, verses 1 through 3. 2 Chronicles 34, back in the Old Testament, and just a few verses there, three verses, verse 1, 2, and 3. 2 Chronicles 34, verse 1, 2, and 3. Verse 1 says, Josiah was eight years old when he began to reign. And he reigned in Jerusalem one in 30 years. Think, think about this for a minute. This boy, Josiah, is eight years old, and he's the king of Israel. How would you like to be a king when you were eight years old? Some of you would like to be a king now. You're a lot older than that. But eight years old, he became the king. Verse number two says, And he did that which was right in the sight of the Lord. That's a key, isn't it? And walked in the ways of David his father, and declined neither to the right hand nor to the left. Now listen to verse three. For in the eighth year of his reign, that would make him 16 years old. He started reigning when he was eight, so now he's 16. And it says, in the eighth year of his reign, 
While he was yet young, he began to seek after the God of David his father. And in the twelfth year, he began to purge Judah and Jerusalem from the high places and the groves and the, the carved images and the molten images. In other words, he started getting rid of all the false religion and false gods in the nation of Israel. We'll come back to those verses in just a moment. Let's pray together. Father, thank you for your word today. Thank you for the life of this young man who at eight years old became the king. At 16, he began to really search after you and live for you and make a difference in his nation. Lord, I pray that you'll help all of us, no matter what our age is, that we'll seek after you and live for you and serve you, make our lives count for you. We pray that you'll bless this time of looking into your word. May our hearts be challenged and blessed and stirred, we pray in Jesus' name. Amen. Mansions will glisten on the hills up in glory. Happy reunions on streets of your gold. Angel choir singing, glad praises forever. But Jesus will outshine them all. Oh, what glory awaits me in heaven's bright city when I get there. What sights I'll behold A million scenes of rare beauty Will demand that I view them Still Jesus will outshine them all Mansions will glisten on the hills up in glory Happy reunions on streets of pure cold Angel choir singing glad praises forever But Jesus will outshine them all The sparkling river is flowing Happy faces all glowing Land of splendor where night never falls the golden glass gives reflection to that city's perfection, but Jesus will outshine them all. Mansions will glisten on that hill up in glory, happy reunions on streets of pure cold. Angel choir singing glad praises forever. Oh, Jesus will outshine them all. Yes, Jesus will outshine them all. Amen. Thank you, Brother Nelson, for that good song. This morning, and there's some notes on the back of your bulletin if you want to fill those out as we go along, I want to speak to you on the subject, the crisis of conversion. The crisis of conversion. A young man, as we saw in these first three verses of Second Chronicles 34, 
young man by the name of Josiah was confronted with the crisis of conversion. What am I going to do with my soul? What am I going to do about eternity? And he responded properly. There are three areas of his life that I want to call to your attention for just a couple of moments this morning. First of all, if you were to go back, and we won't take time, we'll look at a few verses, but if you were to go back and read the chapter just before this, 2 Chronicles 33, you would find that his background was not conducive to him becoming a man of God. And so I want us to think for a moment about, first of all, Josiah's environment. He didn't grow up in the type of environment that we would think would be a Christian home or would lead him to follow the Lord and to live for God. In fact, if you go back to chapter 33, look at verse number 1 of chapter 33, 2 Chronicles 33, verse 1. It says, Messiah, Manasseh, rather, Manasseh was 12 years old when he began to reign. And he reigned 50 and 5 years in Jerusalem. But he, Manasseh, did that which was evil in the sight of the Lord, likened to the abomination of the heathen whom the Lord had cast out before the children of Israel. For he built again the high places which Hezekiah his father had broken down, and he reared up altars for Balaam, and made groves, and worshipped all the hosts of heaven, and served them. Josiah, this young boy who at eight years became the king, and at 16 years really committed his life to, to God, his grandfather was this man Manasseh here in chapter 33. Manasseh was the longest reigning monarch in Judah. He reigned for 55 years. He, de he desecrated the house of the Lord. In fact, Manasseh even encouraged the people to make human sacrifices. Now, we have a lot of trouble going on in our nation today with human trafficking, but this was even greater than that. It was human sacrifices. The idolatrous Jewish women would come to this place called the Valley of Hinnon, and they would worship the first false gods of Moloch and Baal. They would worship the sun. And oftentimes as they were worshiping, they would literally throw their babies alive into the flaming fire in the valley. This valley was also called Tophet. The word Tophet means the beating of the drums. Now think about that for a moment. As they would throw their babies into the flaming incinerator, they would beat the drums to try to drown out the screams of the little babies that were being burnt alive. We'll hold on just a minute. Ladies, 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 thank you. We'll get going in just a moment. Thank you. I don't usually interrupt, but what I have to say is more important than what else is going on. So I want you to listen carefully. All right? They would beat the drums to try to drown out the screams of these babies when they would throw them into the fire alive. It reminds me a little bit of some of the forms of abortion that we have going on in our world today. The Bible says that King Manasseh that we read about here in chapter 33, he even caused his own children to pass through the fire of Tophet. Look back at chapter 33 and verse number 6. Chapter 33 and verse 6. And he caused his children to pass through the fire in the valley of the son of Hinnom. His own children, Manasseh, the king. And here's an interesting thing. Manasseh had a father by the name of Hezekiah. Now remember, we're talking about the environment. 
Josiah didn't have a very good environment, but Manasseh did. Manasseh's father was Hezekiah. It was Hezekiah that was spoken to by the Lord. He was told to get his house in order because he was going to die. He was a godly king. And he prayed that God would extend his life. And God answered his prayer and gave him 15 more years to live. So Hezekiah was a godly king, but his son Manasseh was wicked. Manasseh's son, Ammon, was also wicked. Even though Ammon was wicked, his son, Josiah, was godly. In both of these instances, the children were not like their parents. Their environment did not produce their attitude towards spiritual things. Their attitude, listen to this, their attitude was formed by their personal choices that they made. Our theme this week for Vacation Bible School was you win or lose by the way you choose. The personal choices that we make. The average psychologist would say that a man's life is shaped by his environment. That is not always true. Did you know Adam and Eve had a perfect environment? And yet Adam and Eve chose to sin and were expelled from the Garden of Eden. When a man stands before God, and we all will one day, will not give an account to God for our environment around us, will give an account to God for our own personal life and our own choices. Jeremiah 17.10 says, I, the Lord, search the heart. I try the reins, even to give every man according to his ways and according to the fruit of his doings. Psalm 62.12, Also unto thee, O Lord, belongeth mercy, for thou renderest to every man according to his work. Romans 2.6 says, Who will render to every man according to his deeds. Did you notice in those verses, God never says that He will judge us based on our environment, but rather He judges us based on our personal choices, our own deeds, our own works, and what we have done. And that's why it's important that we understand it's not just the environment, it is what I have chosen personally. Am I committed? We saw Josiah became king at eight years old, but at 16, he really sought to seek after the Lord. Are we really seeking after the Lord? In every age, no matter how ungodly the environment has been, God has always had His man to rise head and shoulders above the environment. God has always had a man that will rise head and shoulders above the environment. Let me give you a couple examples. God had a man named Noah. We know the story of Noah and the ark in the Old Testament. Listen to Genesis 6 and verse 5. It says, And God saw that the wickedness of man was great in the earth, and that every imagination of the thoughts of his heart was only evil continually. That means literally that they got up in the morning thinking wickedly. Throughout the day, they were thinking wickedly all day long. They went to bed at nighttime thinking the same way, wickedly. We live in a world much like that today. There's a lot of people that are just continually evil in their thoughts and their imaginations. And by the way, the Bible says, as it was in the days of Noah, so shall it be in the coming of the Son of Man. In other words, when Jesus comes back, that's the world we're going to live in, like Noah's world. That's the world we live in today. It says, as it was in the days of Lot, so shall it be in the coming of the Son of Man. What was it like in Lot's day? The sodomy, the homosexuals, all the wickedness of that day, and God destroyed Sodom and Gomorrah with fire. And God said, as it was in the days of Lot, it's going to be the same way when Jesus comes back today. Do you think our world today is anything like the days of Lot? I do. 
And it's like the days of Noah as well, the evil imaginations of men thought. But here's the interesting thing. Genesis 6 and verse 8, all of the wickedness going on around us, verse 8 says, but Noah found grace in the eyes of the Lord. We sang amazing grace, how sweet the sound. Noah found that grace. God had a man who would stand head and shoulders above his environment and who would make the right choices. Later on, God had a man named Daniel. The 70 years of captivity that the children of Israel had experienced in Babylon were the most grueling years of their existence in the Old Testament. And when God was warning them about His judgment, He said that even their young men and their athletes would fall by the wayside. But God had a man. He had a young man by the name of Daniel. Daniel 1 verse 8 says, But Daniel purposed in his heart that he would not defile himself with the portion of the king's meat, nor with the wine which he drank. Therefore he requested the prince of the eunuchs that he might not defile himself. Daniel said, I'm not going to eat the king's meat, I'm not going to drink the king's wine, and he requested to have permission to do that. At that time, Daniel was only a teenager, but he rose above his environment. No matter how wicked the world has been, God has always had his man to stand in the gap. And God is looking for men and women and boys and girls and teenagers today who will, regardless of how wicked the world is around us, who will say, I'm going to stand for God and stand for what's right. That's what God wants every one of us to do. So we see Josiah's environment. Secondly, I want you to notice his enlightenment. Josiah's enlightenment. Look back at chapter 34 of 2 Chronicles. You still have your place there. Look at verse number 3. Verse 3, it says, For in the eighth year of his reign, while he was yet young, he began to seek after the God of David his father. That was King David. And in the twelfth year, he began to purge Judah and Jerusalem from the high places and the groves, the carved images and the molten images. He, got, he started getting rid of all of this idolatry and false worship that was going on. So it began to rain at eight. At 16, he began to really serve God. At 16, evidently, is when he was converted. Did you know that 85% of all the people that get saved, get saved before the age of 18? 85%. The Bible has a plan, and that is for young people to come to Jesus Christ. It's one of the reasons why we have Vacation Bible School. We want to reach these young people while they're young, while their hearts are soft and open to the Word of God. Listen to what Psalm 34 and verse 11 says. It says, Come ye children, hearken unto me, the Lord says, I will teach you the fear of the Lord. Psalm 119, 9 and 10, 11, 10 and 11, Wherewithal shall a young man cleanse his way? By taking heed thereto according to thy word. With my whole heart have I sought thee. O let me not wander from thy commandments. Thy word have I hid in mine heart, that I might not sin against thee. Solomon, who was considered to be the wisest man that ever lived apart from the Lord Jesus Christ, said in Ecclesiastes chapter 12 and verse 1, he said, Remember now thy Creator in the days of thy youth. While the evil days come not, nor the years draw nigh, when thou shalt say, I have no pleasure in them. Remember now thy Creator in the days of thy youth. While you're young, you may say, I'm not young anymore. Well, it's still not too late for you to remember your Creator and give your life to the Lord. Solomon was saying that if you and I remember our Creator while we're young, there will not be a lot of terrible scars on our life when we get older. 
There is no virtue in getting saved after your life has all been scarred. Some years ago in a revival crusade in Western City, a woman came forward and she tried to get the assurance of her salvation. She never was able to really get sure about it because she had lived a life of a prostitute. She had had an abortion several years before that, and she did not think that God could forgive her of those, th- those sins. Now, she was wrong about that. The Bible says the blood of Jesus Christ, God's Son, cleanses us from all sin. But had she been saved as a little girl, she may have never had all those scars in her life. You see, the grace of God is magnified the most when a five or six or seven-year-old child who truly understands the gospel trusts the Lord Jesus Christ as their Savior. A young child that has never smoked a cigarette or never tasted a drop of alcohol or liquor, who never has committed adultery or fornication, God's grace is magnified when not only the soul gets saved, but also the life gets saved. That young person gives their life to Jesus. There's another reason why young people ought to seek the Lord. And that is, there's no assurance that the Holy Spirit will continue to speak to a person later on in life. God says, my spirit will not always strive with man. And if we continue to say no to God over and over and over and over and over again, there comes a time when God says, that's it. That's it. And God's Holy Spirit doesn't draw us anymore. Some time ago, 253 Christians were interviewed. And of those 253, they found that 138 were saved before they were 20 years of age. 85 were saved between 20 and 30. 22 were saved between 30 and 40. Four were saved between 40 and 50. Three were saved between 50 and 60. One was saved between 60 and 70. And none were saved after 70 years of age. Now, I'm thankful that many people have been saved after 70 years of age. But you're taking a big chance when you put it off and do not trust Christ as your Savior One of the devil's greatest tools is procrastination. Get us to put it off another day, another week, another month, and not trust Christ. So we see Josiah's environment. It was a wicked environment. We see his enlightenment. At the age of of, uh, 16, he trusted the Lord as his Savior. Actually, at the age of 16, he began to live for God and serve God. The last thing I want you to notice is Josiah's evidences. What were the evidences that he really gave his life to Jesus Christ? When a person gets saved, there's some specific evidences in our life that we have really been born again, that we're really a child of God and on our way to heaven. The Bible says in 2 Corinthians 5, 17, Therefore, if any man be in Christ, he is a what? New New creature. Old things have passed away. Behold, all things have become new. James chapter 2, verses 17 and 18, 19 says, Even so faith, if it hath not works, is dead, being alone. Yea, a man may say, Thou hast faith, and I have works. Show me thy faith without thy works, and I will show thee my faith by my works. Thou believest that there is one God, thou doest well. The devils also believe and tremble. You see, sometimes people say, Oh yeah, I'm a Christian. Oh, I believe in God. I believe in Jesus. God says the devil even believes that. The devil believes that. And it says, and trembles. So when Josiah committed his life to God, there were some evidences in his life that he was really a changed man. First of all, 
He had a changed attitude about sin. His attitude about sin was changed. Back in our chapter, 2 Chronicles 34, look again at verses 3 and 4 with me. Verse 3, it says, For in the eighth year of his, life, of his reign, while he was yet young, he began to seek after the God of David. So he's 16 years old now, eighth year of his reign. In the twelfth year, he began to purge Judah and Jerusalem from the high places and the groves and the cardiff images and the molten images. Verse 4, And they break down the altars of Balaam in his presence, and the images that were high above them, he cut down the groves and the carved images and the molten images. He break in pieces and made dust of them and stowed it upon, strode it upon the graves of them that had sacrificed unto them. Here was a man that committed his life to God, and he immediately went to work ridding his country, his land, of the wickedness that was going on. You see, all these groves and idolatry carried with it a lot of immorality. And he tore down these houses of immorality. He rid the land of the sodomites and the homosexuals. He took the idols and ground them to powder, and he threw that powder over the graves of the people that had worshipped those idols. You see, when a man gets saved, his attitude about sin will change. It will be different. A young man was saved many years ago. In fact, he said, on October the 12th, 1980, I was saved. I remember asking the Lord to come into my heart and to do with me what He would. After my salvation, I destroyed all my rock and roll tapes and, that numbered between 75 and 80. I got rid of books pertaining to afterlife. I just threw them into the trash. I got rid of anything I didn't think I should have, such as my Scorpio t-shirt and Scorpio key ring. What was he saying? He was just saying, I got saved and I had a different attitude about sin. A different attitude. 1 John 5, verses 4 and 5 say, For whatsoever is born of God overcometh this world. And this is the victory that overcometh the world, even our faith. Who is he that overcometh the world? But he that believeth Jesus is the Son of God. When a man or a woman gets saved, they get a different attitude about sin and about their, the way they're living. You see, the Bible says fools make mock of sin. Fools laugh at sin. Fools make fun of sin. If you listen to the message this morning and you go out of here and you laugh about what this preacher says, God says you're showing evidence that you've never been saved. You're a fool if you make a mock of sin. He had a changed attitude about sin. He also had a changed attitude about God's house. He had a different attitude about church, about the house of God. Look at with me back in chapter 34 of 2 Chronicles. Look at verse number 8. Verse 8 says, Now in the 18th year of his reign... When he had purged the land, he got rid of all the idolatry and so forth, and the house, he sent Shaphan, the son of Azaliah, and Maasiah, the governor of the city, and Josiah, the son of Joahaz, the recorder, to repair the house of the Lord his God. He tore down all these false idol-worshiping places, and he repaired the house of the Lord his God. He had a different attitude about the word of God. Have you ever heard somebody say, well, you can be a Christian and not go to church? I hear that sometimes. A person who would make that statement is a person who is probably unsaved. Have you ever seen a duck that didn't like water? Have you ever seen a pig that didn't like a mud puddle? You can give a pig a bath. You can put a tuxedo on him. You can put a ribbon around his neck and let him go, and he'll go right back to the mud puddle. It's the nature of a pig to go to the mud puddle. It's the nature of a duck to want to swim. 
And it is the nature of a child of God to want to go to the house of God, to be with God's people. Psalm 122 and verse 1 says, I was glad when they said unto me, let us go into the house of the Lord. Psalm 26, 8, Lord, I have loved the habitation of thy house and the place where thine honor dwelleth. The early Christians were faithful in God's house. Acts 2.46, and they continued daily with one accord in the temple, breaking bread from house to house, did eat the meat with gladness and singleness of heart. Acts 5.42, and daily in the temple, in every house, they ceased not to teach and to preach Jesus Christ. It bothers me when a person claims to be a Christian, but they never want to go to the house of God. If I were working in a secular job, and I had to work all week long with a bunch of unsaved people who are blowing smoke in my face and cursing God and propositioning each other, I'd look forward to getting back to the house of God where I could be around God's people. He had a different attitude about the house of God. And then he also had a changed attitude about the Word of God. He had a changed attitude about the Word of God. Look back again at 2 Chronicles chapter 34 and look at verse number 14. Verse 14 says, And when they brought out the money that was brought into the house of the Lord, Hilkiah the priest found a book of the law of the Lord given by Moses. He found the book of the law of the Lord. That's Genesis, Exodus, Leviticus, Numbers, Deuteronomy. That's the law of Moses. Verse 15, And Hilkiah answered and said unto Shaphan the scribe, I have found the book of the law in the house of the Lord. And Hilkiah delivered the book to Shaphan. And Shaphan carried the book to the king and brought the king word back again, saying, All that was committed to thy servants, they do it. Verse 17, And they have gathered together the money that was found in the house of the Lord and have delivered it into the hand of the overseers to the hand of the workmen. That's so they could repair the house of the Lord. Verse 18, And Shaphan, then Shaphan the scribe, told the king, saying, Hilkiah the priest hath given me a book. And Shaphan read it before the king. And it came to pass when the king had heard the words of the law that he rent his clothes. And look at verse 21. Go inquire of the Lord for me and for them that are left in Israel, of, in Israel and in Judah concerning the words of the book that is found. For great is the wrath of the Lord that is poured out upon us because our fathers have not kept the word of the Lord to do after all that is written in this book. The word of God had been lost for a long time. They had been without any part of the Bible. You see, the king in those days was to actually copy the Word of God in his own hand. In Deuteronomy chapter 17 and verse 18, speaking of the king, it says, And it shall be when he sitteth upon the throne of his kingdom that he shall write him a copy of this law in a book out of that which is before the priests and the, and the, of the Levites. The, the king... Wouldn't it be wonderful if our president would copy, handwrite out the Bible? What a difference it would make in his life. In those days, they didn't have printing presses like we do today. They didn't have copy machines. They had to write it out, and the king was commanded by God to write his own copy, not his own thoughts and words, but to copy out the word of the, God, of the Lord. 1 Peter chapter 2 and verses 2 and 3 put it this way for you and me. It says, as newborn babes desire the sincere milk of the word that ye may grow thereby. If so, ye have tasted that the Lord is good, the Lord is gracious. 
as newborn babes. Just like a little baby craves for that bottle or craves for the milk from his mother, God says you and me as a newborn Christian ought to have a longing for the Word of God. We have a changed attitude about sin. We have a changed attitude about the house of God. We have a changed attitude about the Word of God. In Kansas City, Missouri, a 19-year-old man was blinded in an explosion. The young man loved the Lord. He was a godly Christian young man. He loved the Word of God. And he was so distraught when he was blinded by the explosion because he said he could never again read the Word of God. Someone came and brought him a Braille Bible and they said to him, you don't have to be distraught about it. You can learn the Braille language and you can read a Braille Bible. But his fingertips were now nothing more than just stubs of scarred material. And he couldn't read the Braille Bible. It's no use, he said. I cannot decipher the letters. Somebody said, wait a minute, try something else. Try your cheek. Rub your, rub your cheek against the Braille letters. And he did so, and he began to weep again. He said, there is no hope. I can't discern the letters. And somebody else said, try your tongue. The young man ran his tongue over the Braille letters and he cried, Hallelujah, I can discern the letters. And he mastered the Braille language and ran his tongue over the Braille letters and read his Braille Bible for two hours a day because he had a deep love for the Word of God. What's your attitude about the Word of God? What's your attitude about the house of God? What's your attitude about sin? Are we letting our environment determine the choices that we make? Or have we given our life to God like Josiah at a young age and determined that we were going to live for God and serve God? And if so, is there any evidence of that in our life? Do we have the proper attitude towards sin and towards the house of God and the Word of God? The question then is, how do I truly become a child of God? How do I truly get saved? And the Bible makes that very clear to us. The Bible tells us that we must acknowledge in order to be saved, in order to be born again, to be a child of God, and those are all synonymous terms, to be saved, to be born again, to be a child of God, all mean the same thing. I have to first of all acknowledge that I'm a sinner. I don't think it would take very long if I went around the rows and asked each one of you have ever sinned. How many of you, how many of you ever told a lie? Let me see your hand. How many of you ever stole anything in your lifetime? Why don't you look around? we got a bunch of liars and thieves in here this morning. Oh. But you know what? It doesn't take long to figure out we've all, myself included, amen, we've all broken God's laws and failed Him. In order to be saved, I have to first of all understand I'm lost. I'm a sinner. And there is a penalty for that sin. If I die with my sin upon me, God says the wages of sin is death, and Revelation says death and hell was cast into the lake of fire. This is the second death. Because of our sin, God, who is a holy, righteous God, cannot look upon sin, and God, who rejected His Son, remember when Jesus was hanging on the cross? The Bible says, He who knew no sin became sin for us. God took all of your sin and my sin and the sins of the whole world. He put all of that on Jesus Christ. And what did God do as Jesus hung on the cross? Jesus said, My God, my God, why hast thou forsaken me? If God forsook 
Jesus, his only begotten son, when he was hanging on the cross, why would he not forsake you and me if we die in our sins as a sinner? He will forsake us and we will face his judgment for all of eternity. There's a penalty for our sin. The third thing is, thank God that penalty has been paid by the Lord Jesus Christ. When he took my sin and your sin and placed them on Jesus there on that cross, he suffered and he bled and he died for me and for you. He paid our sin so that we could be forgiven. He became sin so that we could become righteousness. He was forsaken from God so that we would never have to be forsaken by God. He paid that penalty with his own blood on the cross at Calvary. And now he says to you and me, that if thou shalt confess with thy mouth, as these folks did this morning, confess with thy mouth, the Lord Jesus, thou shalt be saved. If thou shalt believe in thine heart that God hath raised him from the dead, thou shalt be saved. For whosoever shall call upon the name of the Lord shall be saved. When I understand one day I'm going to stand before a holy, righteous God who cannot even look upon sin, If I have not dealt with my sin, I'm going to be cast into the lake of fire. He says, depart from me, you workers of iniquity. I never knew you. And they're cast into the lake of fire, Revelation says. And knowing that, I understand that Jesus paid that for me. When he hung on that cross, he paid our hell for us so that we could go to heaven. Now he says, if you'll acknowledge that and if you'll look to me and Call on me as your Lord. Whosoever shall call upon the name of the Lord Jesus Christ. The word Lord means boss or master. It indicates that there's a surrender of our life and our will to Jesus Christ. That's why Josiah, when he was converted, there were some differences in his life. His life was changed. When you truly give your life to Jesus Christ and let Him become the Lord of your life, the boss of your life, it's not any longer what I want to do. It's not any longer what I enjoy. It's not any longer my pleasure. It's now what does God want me to do. It's now I want to please Him. After all, if He saved us and we never have to fear spending forever and ever and ever in an awful place called hell of fire and torment for all of eternity, if He saved me from a place like that, don't you think I ought to want to do anything He wants? to please Him in appreciation and thanksgiving for what He's done for me. I ought to want to give the rest of my life to serve Him and live for Him. doesn't mean we're perfect. I'm not perfect, none of us, but I want to do what He wants me to do. I want to live for Him. I don't want the sin in my life. I want to clean it out. And all of our life, God shows us and helps us to grow and to clean out the things in our life. I want to go to his house. I want to, as, as you are here this morning. I want to read his word. I want to learn about him. Why? Because I've given my life to him. It's not my life anymore. It's his life. It's his life. And in love and appreciation for all he did for me, God so loved the world he gave his only begotten son. I can't imagine what he went through on that cross for me and for you. I'm sure glad he took my place. Amen. And He took your place. Now He wants you to give your life to Him and live for Him. Would you bow your heads together with me in prayer?
our heads bowed and eyes closed. I'll not embarrass anyone or point anyone out, but I want to ask you a couple of questions. I wonder how many of you here today would say, Preacher, there's no doubt in my mind, I can go back in my mind to a time when I acknowledged I was a sinner. I knew I was on my way to hell. And I knew Jesus paid my hell for me on the cross. I gave my life to Him. I asked Him. I called upon His name. I invited Him into my heart and life to be my Lord and Savior. Preacher, there's no doubt in my mind, if I die before I get home from church this morning, I know, not you think or you hope, but you can say, I know. If I close my eyes in death here, I'm going to open them up in the presence of the Lord in heaven. I know I'm saved. I know I'm going to heaven when I die. If you can say that, would you just raise your hand as a testimony of that this morning? I know. If I died today, I'm going to heaven. God bless you. You may put your hands down. I wonder if there's someone here today and I couldn't see everybody's hand and everybody didn't raise their hand. Again, I'll not embarrass you or point you out. But I'd like to include you in this next prayer. I wonder if there's someone here today say, Preacher, I don't know that for sure. If I could know that, I sure would like to know it. Would you pray for me? I don't know for sure I'm going to heaven, but I'd like to. Would you pray for me? Would you just lift your hand right where you are and let me pray for you? Just slip it up right where you are and let me pray for you this morning. Anyone? Preacher, I don't know for sure. God bless you. I see your hand. You may put it down. Anyone else? I don't know for sure, but I'd like to know that. Pray for me. Anyone else? Just slip it up right where you are. I wonder how many of you would say this morning, Preacher, I can go back in my mind to a time, a day, a night, when I did invite Jesus Christ into my life. But my life is not what it ought to be. Maybe you haven't dealt with some of the sin in your life. Maybe you say, I, I know I've been saved, but I don't love God's house and love His Word like I ought to. I'm not living like I ought to and I know I've asked Him to save me, but I need Him to forgive me. I need to get some things straightened out. I wouldn't want to face Him tonight. I'd be embarrassed about some things in my life. Would you pray for me? I need to make some things right with the Lord before I face Him. Pray for me this morning. Would you lift your hand and let me pray for you? I know I'm saved, but I need to get some things right. God bless you. I see your hand. God bless you and you, yes. Anyone else? Just slip it up where you are just for a moment. God bless you. Father, the amazing thing is that right now you can see into our heart and our mind. You know the very thoughts that we're thinking right now. Some may be thinking, I, I, I'm not going to embarrass myself and raise my hand. Or some may be thinking, I, I don't want to make that commitment. You know the thoughts, Lord. There's nothing that's hidden from you. You know what we're thinking. There's some, thank you, Lord, that are saying, I need to do that. Would you help them to trust you? Would you help them to make things right in their life today? You said if we confess our sins, He's faithful and just to forgive us and cleanse us. Would you help them to do that today? To make things right before they leave this, this building. Help us, we pray, in Jesus' name. Amen. Would you stand together with me as we sing our song of invitation this morning? We're going to sing, I have decided to follow Jesus. The kids sang this this week in Vacation Bible School. And I'm going to ask you this morning, if you've never trusted Jesus as your Savior, to slip out of your place and come to the front. Someone will be here to help you, to show you how you can be sure you're going to heaven when you die.
Some of you need to come and just say, I need to maybe take, take a seat at the front row or maybe kneel at this altar. I need to make some things right in my life with God. If God's speaking to you, I want you to come. I'm going to come right down to the front. I'll meet you there at the front. If you want to commit your life to the Lord or if you need to make some things right with Him, I want you to come and do that this morning. While we sing on the first verse, I have decided to follow Jesus. I have decided to follow Jesus. I have decided to... says the world behind me the cross before me have we put the world behind me are we following the cross following Jesus like Josiah did if you need to come this morning and make that decision we invite you to do that way we sing that next verse the world behind me the cross before me the world behind me the cross before me the world behind me, the cross before me, no turning back, no turning back. Sing that first verse one more time. I have decided to follow Jesus. I have decided to follow Jesus. I have decided to follow Jesus, no turning back, no turning back. And all God's people said, Amen. Amen. Thank you. And you may be seated. Just a couple of quick things we'll do before we finish up this, this morning. And then we'll let you go downstairs and join the, the kids if you're going to stay or slip out and head home if you're going to. Um, a couple of announcements. We do have a service this evening at 6 o'clock. We invite you to come back and be a part of that. Those that are involved in the children's choir need to be here at 5 o'clock, okay, for the children's practice. They're getting ready for the play that they'll be presenting on August the 6th on Sunday night. And so 5 o'clock, the adult choir will practice at 5.30, and then the evening service tonight at 6 o'clock. So be here and be a part of that, those of you who are involved. And then don't forget, this Thursday night is our ladies' fellowship, so ladies, keep that in mind. Saturday's our next Great Commission Day. We'll be putting the door hangers out on doors, and that's at 10 o'clock. Come and help us with that, if you will, also. And then for our offering today, I know we did the kids' offering earlier, and uh, actually, I got the, they sent me the, the numbers on it, and the boys actually won today with that. And so they'll find that out. The boys had 900 and, no, that's the total for the week. Uh, let me see what it was for this morning. I don't see it here. The boys had the had one this morning, but I don't see this morning's numbers. I got the total for the week. Here we go. 
The boys had $414.10. The girls had $333.33. Can you believe that? Three, 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 three. By the way, the offering will go to the Lighthouse Children's Home that the mocks represent. And uh, so we'll send that on to them. And we thank you for helping out and being a part of that this morning. But for our offering today for the adults, if you haven't had the, the opportunity yet, some of you have already put them in the offering plate. Some of you give online. And some have even mailed in their offering. Thank you for your faithfulness. But if you hadn't had the opportunity yet to do that, we want to give you the opportunity to come. Yesterday, I visited a few minutes with our sheriff, uh, Chuck Corzenborn, and he gave me his offering to bring and put in for him. And uh, so I want to do that this morning. But if you haven't had the opportunity yet, while the ladies play, uh, Kristen Miller's going to play the flute and Jessica Risinger the piano. While they're playing the offertory, you can bring your offering and place it in the front, uh, offering down front or... Uh, there used to be some in the back. I don't see them back there right now. So I guess you've got to come. Are there offering plates? Yeah, there's some down front. You can bring them up there. Ladies? Thank you, ladies. We appreciate that very much. Let's stand together for a closing word of prayer. Again, thank you so much for being here today. And uh, if you're visiting with us, if you take that, that card back to the, to the, through the double doors to the right, there's a welcome center there. They'll have a new Bible they'd like to give to you as a gift from us to you as you leave today. 
Young people will, will be outside. They have uh, until about 2 o'clock. We have the inflatables out there, and they have hot dogs and popcorn and, and snow cones and all kinds of things for them, so they're going to have a good time. And uh, so they're welcome to stay. You're welcome to hang out with them, and uh, that'll be right after we're dismissed. You can go out the double doors and to your left and downstairs, or you can go right out this door right here, and that'll take you downstairs as well to the young people. I'm going to ask you to do something a little bit unusual this morning, to vacate right away. Don't stand around inside here and talk. You can talk out in the lobby because we have a wedding, all right? In just a few minutes, we're going to have a wedding. Uh, Kenneth and Michelle, who were baptized this morning, Michelle got saved on Easter Sunday, and uh, they came and talked to me about getting baptized, and I said, well, before you get baptized, you need to get married because they were living together, and, and uh, so they said, okay, we'll get married. Can we do it the same day? I said, yep, we can do it the same day. And so we're going to do it the same day. It's the first time I've ever had a wedding on Sunday, but uh, you're welcome to stay and see it if you want to, but if you'll help us out by slipping out quickly, and you can do your fellowshipping in the hallways and all or downstairs, and we'll get started with our wedding in just a few moments. So let's pray together. Lord, we love you. We love these kids that we've seen here this week and today. Lord, we want them at an early age like Josiah to give their life to you and live for you and serve you. Lord, we live in a wicked world. The devil wants our kids. Sodomites are preying on our kids. The wickedness of the world, all of the human trafficking is going on and all of the things around us, Lord. We need your protection and we need your help to raise our kids in a godly way. We pray for these young people that were baptized today and for Michelle and Kenneth as well, that they'll live for you and serve you all the days of their life. Bless us as we go to our homes. Encourage and bring us back safely to the service tonight and Wednesday night and and, uh, the Sundays to follow. We love you. We pray these things in Jesus' name. And all God's people said... Amen. God bless you and you're dismissed.